warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! In this podcast, we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... I'm Toria Bono. I am a primary teacher in a junior school on the South Coast, and I'm also the host of the podcast Tiny Voice Talks. Lovely to be here. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm a teacher in Buckinghamshire, currently teaching reception and year one children. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in science with this week's Folktale from Columbia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Basket Babies. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. And there are even some tips for telling the story yourself. Plus, of course, a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss and extra lesson ideas that we didn't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Toria. And after uh, coming down a little bit from the the high of our 100th episode, let's uh, start exploring um, some more science with uh, our basket babies. Can we start with you, Helen, for um, ages four to seven? Yeah, you definitely can. I thought there were some really good good science links with this story um mm-hmm. one sort of more investigation based and a couple more sort of science knowledge based around the key stage one science curriculum and which um you can then bring uh, the early years seven areas of learning into which is what's nice about them they're they're so mm. holistic and broad you can bring them in uh, but this would be kind of sort of the understanding the world area as well gotcha so the first one was a bit of an investigation the wicked sisters have to send these babies down the river and they have to get at least as far as the crocodile's nest, um, but hopefully further to the, to, to, the, to the cottage. And I thought this was a good opportunity to explore materials and floating and sinking. So the children mm. need to mm. find out which material would be best and the safest for getting a baby down a river. So it needs to be waterproof. It mustn't sink. It mustn't let water in. Preferably mustn't let crocodiles in. Um, and you've got a great afternoon at least probably more actually if you're going to broaden it out to look at looking at materials naming materials the properties of materials and then the actual investigation and um, so I thought that would be a really really good science investigation for key stage one in the early years yeah and of course you'll get them outside with either um, a puddle if you've got a puddle nearby or a tub of water as I usually use <laughs> and get them oh, doing I thought you said you, you usually um, build a river in your classroom and I was yeah. imagining a, you know a proper uh, straight down the middle of the room <laughs> with with actual water so you could of course do it that yeah. way um, you could have water flowing <laughs> for your river um, that you've used previously <laughs> for all kinds of activities and then you're going to get the babies and I mean I wouldn't recommend using actual babies from a health and safety point of view <laughs> um, no, no I must I must stress that point I do not suggest using actual babies uh, but you could use teddy bears <laughs> that are less vulnerable to um, carry out this investigation so that was the first science activity Next one is, uh, again, kind of about babies, but a bit more caring, is finding out how different it would be looking after a puppy to looking after a baby or a kitten and a baby. Because mm. there's um, in the Key Stage mm. 1 curriculum, there's a lot about um, animals and young animals and what animals need and how to care for animals. Mm. 
and the idea obviously that people are mammals too so that could be a, a project for for the children finding out what they need to survive um naming mammals understanding that humans are mammals too um maybe going on for a bit of a literacy link to write some instructions for caring up looking after a puppy or a baby or both and looking at how, at how they're different as well how are they different yeah. what would be different for um the princess looking after a puppy than if she she actually had a baby to look after mm. so that was my next link and then uh finally another area of the key stage one science curriculum is around plants and naming uh naming common plants so i thought uh. this would be a great idea to talk about the idea of designing the best garden they can um, <laughs> using their knowledge of plants so not just drawing sort of lots and lots of flowers with lots and lots of petals and leaves but actually getting the children to learn some common flowers mm. that what they look like their names you know it's you could go on a walk which i like to do with my children when when I, whenever i can <laughs> when yeah. i've got got enough adults around so let's go for a walk and they can spot daisies and daffodils if it's that time of year and uh, buttercups and all those common all those common plants and trees and um, mm. that well in the part of the country where i am yeah you see and then the children learn their names and recognize them and then they design design the, the best garden they can for the royal visitors based on what they've learned and as part of that do they start to explore and research which plants can grow next to each other maybe why or because obviously if, if you have a, a massive great tree um, and uh, for half of the day you've got um, some shadow around mm. it um, that's going to make it harder for certain plants to grow in that shadow oh. so yeah you could could take it further couldn't you because another part of the curriculum is is how do plants grow and what do plants need to survive yeah, um, yeah so then if you take this idea further then you've you can bring in that element as well where are you going to put in your garden your garden side where are you going to put the different plants so that they can best thrive mm. perhaps combine them and start thinking about what would be the best garden for the puppy or the kitten or, oh, yeah. or the stick or, <laughs> or for all three you know you a uh, garden that's got a nice big uh, green area for the dog to to chase the stick in but also um, a shaded area for it to keep out the sun and and that sort of thing there you go and you've you've linked the two the two activities beautifully there <laughs> you've got a whole, whole week's worth of science looking after animals and plants fantastic <laughs> how about you then toria looking up the ages to seven mm. to eleven well my ideas actually are a nice development on i think from helen's so helen talked about you know how do we look after um humans and, and puppies and so on and actually in the year five curriculum you've got looking at how um looking at the changes from birth to death in, in humans but also other animals so actually how do our bodies change how do we grow and so on and actually looking mm. at so it, it links in very much to you know looking after mm. um a young human as opposed to a young puppy as opposed to a young kitten and indeed a stick and actually the, the growing and the aging and the changing so i thought that would link in then i'm fascinated about um the aspect of columbia within all of this mm. because when it comes to the garden again scattered throughout the story are lots of pieces that give you a clue to the fact that it wasn't set in in a local habitat. Mm. It was set in a warm habitat and a warm habitat that encouraged growth of you know plants that we couldn't have mm. here. So actually, again, looking at the, the habitat of Columbia, comparing that to our own, um, and in the year six curriculum, you've got the habitats and so on. But actually comparing that to our own, 
and then looking at the river um, within um, the year four curriculum. You've got all about rivers, um, etc. That's actually geography as well. But looking at rivers, looking at habitats around rivers, looking at what plants grow best there. So I think there's so much that you could do by looking at Columbia and why that story was written in Colombia and wasn't necessarily an English folktale. Mm. Are you going to come back to a lot of this for our geography discussion? I think I probably yeah. will. You could probably press press repeat and just say the same thing. But yeah, I just I thought those two things were interesting. The other thing I thought was really interesting is looking. I'm slightly obsessed with crocodiles. I love crocodiles. <laughs> so actually, you could look at the similarities and differences between freshwater and a saltwater <laughs> crocodile. Oh yes. And and which would you want to to be in a basket yes. floating next to? <laughs> if you had yes, to, yes, because you can't you you said previously that actually you discovered that the crocodiles in Colombia were pretty lethal. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know whether we had that discussion on record, so I'll just um, say it again. Mm. That, um, I, I had wanted, when the uh, the sisters uh, were sending their um, babies down the river to get eaten by crocodiles, I did a little bit of research before first telling the story um, to find out whether I could say something like, but the crocodiles in Colombia are never any threat to, to humankind, <laughs> and that be the reason why the babies were able to go on safely to the gardener. Um, but I found out that actually they are some of the most dangerous to mankind in the world. So I had mm. to make sure um, that the babies ended up um, going by the gardener's cottage well before they ever came to a crocodile yeah. nest, which worked mm. out more safely for everyone, I think. But I think that brings up a really interesting point, yeah. which is the fact that just because they are crocodiles doesn't mean that they're all exactly the same. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. All humans are not exactly the same. Mm. All crocodiles aren't exactly the same. And actually, then if you're looking more deeply at what the difference is between um, fresh water and salt water, water and then actually you bring alligators into it why not <laughs> why not <laughs> and what you know, the difference um, that's the kind of thing that would absolutely fascinate any age child isn't it yes that, that crocodiles alligators teeth eating people and things um <laughs> I, remember, yeah, I remember them. having um when i was teaching year two i had um an alligator skull and i had a crocodile skull <laughs> and oh my god goodness the conversation yeah. that the children were able to have just looking at the two different skulls and actually really unpicking which one would be more dangerous and why mm. um yeah, so yeah fascinating. fascinating so yeah complete completely tangential there as always <laughs> but yes before we um, leave the science, though, just just um, flipping back to your how bodies are changing with age that you mm. brought up there, because um, you've kind of already mentioned um, aging a little bit in the in the maths discussion that we were having uh, mm. a couple of episodes ago, and uh, I think there's there's got to be some PSHE elements in there as well, especially for um, the older ages, wouldn't there be with with tens and elevens? Could this also be um, a, a sort of subtle lead into any uh, sex education that you might be doing to start looking at the way bodies change as you as you grow yeah well absolutely I, I think there's a lot of potential to when you are discussing that developing bodies developing humans mm. you know you are naturally I, th I think it leads perfectly I'm not quite sure how which is why I'm waffling at the moment <laughs> but I think there absolutely is mm. But I would need to think really carefully about how to approach it and mm. in which aspect. I don't know if you've got any thoughts off the top of your head, Helen, but I'm not sure off the top of mine how no, I'd I was just approach thinking it. How, how to approach it. 
there's definitely a way mm. in, isn't there? Um, I was just thinking it, it might set the, the 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 background, if you like, the the the, the foundation for those sorts of discussions, um, especially when um, you have that discussion if you're going to have it with um, older years about um, what sort of age they would start the characters at. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the the gardener and his wife, and obviously one of the clues you get from the start of the story is that they've they've tried to have a baby and they haven't been successful. Yeah. So that gives you some clue to their age. And then you have the sisters who are making wishes about who they're going to marry. That is giving you a clue as to their age, perhaps, um, and the fact that they then do actually get married. And um, one of them goes very swiftly into child rearing. There are all of these. Clues clues as to ages and I think if you were to um, go from that as to you know where our bodies might be in the sort of time mm. that allows us to, to have these sorts of thoughts and discussions with each other I don't know I just thought that this this could mm. be a, a, a wonderful way to sort of link the obviously you're, you're starting it I think with the maths discussion and that we were talking about last week but then looking at it from a more sciencey point of view and then going straight from that back into the, the emotional side of it and the the idea of, okay, my body might be ready for this, but my emotions might not be. And maybe exploring that from the context of the story could be a really safe way of doing that. Mm. And of course, the, the other way around as well, you know, my emotions might be ready for this, but my body might not be. That, you know, that which is how it yeah. was for the gardener and his wife. That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything we've discussed in this podcast, so please find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. You can also use social media to let us know if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover. We would love to help. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the gardener and his family will help us explore geography. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to hear your, your stories soon! soon.